Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the Texas spirit alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is The Beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. We're giving small business owners a platform to share their story. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows, the good and the bad, and everything in between. This is The Beef Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing in partnership with Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Oh yeah, what's up everybody? It's your host, John Kelly, aka John the Marketer, for another episode of The Beef Podcast. Welcome back to another week. In the studio today, I've got Kelly Violet with the Tomball Economic Development Corporation. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I know. And, and it, that is my word right there. Every single episode I say. I'm so excited for this episode, and here's why. Um, you know, we've had a lot of businesses on. We've had some 501c3s on. But we've never had anyone who has an impact on the business community, whether it's in the city of Tomball or nationwide, because we've had guests from all over. But economic development corporations are so important, and I can't wait to jump into that today. But we always start off with an icebreaker question. So our icebreaker question today is, what time of day is your favorite? Oh, um, probably about 5 p.m. <laughs> For That's multiple late. reasons, uh -huh. you know, five o'clock somewhere, but not, not only for that, uh, you know, it's like that glow and, and it's, um, I remember being picked up as a kid from practice or whatever, and I'd be sitting in the back and of course we didn't have phones, so we'd look out yep. the, the window and I, I remember it would be about the five o'clock time frame, and that was when the sun was going down and I remember thinking, you know, something about that time of day, I just, I felt more at peace and and i to this day that is i call myself a midday gal i'm not a morning person Amen. i have to force myself to really get moving <laughs> in the morning like i really do and i've been that way my entire life um but my my brain really i think you know in the afternoon is when it, it when it really comes alive and i'm not a late night owl or anything like that but but i'll just stick with i'm a midday gal yeah, it's uh, the golden hour in photography, yeah. Yeah. you know, and it is, it's it's a beautiful time. That that sunset, like you said, everything kind of wrapped in that soft, yellowish, goldish, uh, very beautiful color. For me, I'm kind of with you there. I would say mid-afternoon, though, maybe a little bit before five. Um, first of all, it's always five o'clock somewhere, so, you know, I'm good with that, but um Honestly, for me, it's a lot of the same reasons. I don't like waking up in the morning. I'm not a morning person. So when we have an early meeting or, you know, a networking breakfast or something of that sort, I'm lucky to make it there. Yeah. I hate waking up and it doesn't matter what time of the day I wake up. I don't like waking up. Yeah. I just like being asleep. So I feel like I'm engaged most somewhere around, honestly, around this time, 2 yeah. p.m., you know, currently. I know the listeners don't know what time it is right now for us, but uh, around 2 p.m., man, I feel like I'm really just kicked into high gear and I'm ready to go. I am more of a late owl. I stay up, you know, pretty pretty late every single night working on something because it's just 
if I don't work on it immediately, I'm going to forget about it. Yeah. And so I might send an email off at midnight sometimes because I'm like, all right, I'm thinking about it now. So let me send this email. I think there's a bunch of us like that, Yep. you know, and, and it's funny cause you, you get to know the patterns of, okay, so-and-so's up cause they're cranking <laughs> out emails and they're trying to get caught up. And I'm like, that'll probably be me tomorrow. I, I tell people all the time with beefy marketing and OMG event co I'm like, if you have something you need to ask or something you want to say, send the email because you might be surprised and get an email back at midnight. You yep. never know. Yep. Uh, and if I'm asleep, I'm not going to hear it and I'm going to be asleep. Yeah, so. exactly. But at least you have a record of it because if somebody tells me something, even if I think <laughs> it's a great idea and I'm trying to store it, there's so much going on, you know, just between work and home that if it, if I don't write it down or put it in my phone, it's likely gonna be gone i'm 100 percent with you i mean it's good it means we're busy yep you know and if we weren't busy then we'd be broke and bored and, and in my profession when you don't have activity that's a bad sign absolutely so, yeah all right so before we get started with all this i've got to take a second to talk about our partner a tremendous sponsor for this podcast community bank of texas they know that especially now the experience and availability of a banking partner is crucial they're here to help and support your business, and their bankers have been working diligently to give clients the support that we need during these challenging economic times. As a business owner, a lot of things keep me up at night. My bank shouldn't be one of them. When you bank with Community Bank of Texas, you have the freedom to focus on your business commitments instead of worrying about how committed your banker is to you. Community Bank of Texas is proudly committed to partnering with you and your business through it all. The short-term hurdles, long-term growth, countless new directions. When it comes to doing business, they simply deliver a better banking experience. They're a foundation you can build your business on for decades to come. Community Bank of Texas is business banking, better banking, member of the FDIC, and an equal housing lender. All right. Well, the reason we're here, though, you know, before we jump into the the EDC stuff, I like to just kind of find out about the person and what drove you to lead the EDC the way that you do and, and get into that business. So where'd you come from? Just tell us all about you. Um, so I was born in Riverside, California. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> you can't choose where you're born. Um, but I grew up in a, in a little small community right outside of Riverside. And Riverside's kind of like the, the county seat um, of that area. And, I, you know, it has a lot of history there. Agriculture is a huge industry there. Um, orange, they have orange groves. And so um, there, there are some similarities as, as far as how I grew up. Um, and some of the things that I love about Tomball and the agricultural side is, is one of them. Um, but it, it really was a, was a great place to grow up. And I loved living there until I was, I don't know, probably mid, mid year through high school. And it was like, everything just changed rapidly. I mean, you talk about the effects of growth in a community that didn't plan for it. Mm. And that's what we experienced. And it's interesting because as a, as a kid, you know, I used to play like SimCity. Oh, yeah. And that was like my game. And it's funny because my dad would always say, are you going to grow up and build a city? What are you going to do? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe. And that's, you know, that's just kind of the way my brain naturally, I think, has always worked, even though I didn't recognize it when I was younger. Um, but 
when we had so much growth and it was Riverside County um, was, you know, it's kind of on the outskirts of Los Angeles County and San Diego County. Okay. And so it's, it's, it's considered the Inland Empire and there's, you know, you got great access to the mountains, to the beach, to pretty much anything you want. But when we had this, this uptick in growth, and I mean, it, it seemed like within a year's time, there were subdivisions getting built overnight. And, um, you know, it was, it was a lot of growth that the city wasn't prepared for, the schools weren't mm-hmm. prepared for. So we, you know, we went to, half of our classes were in portable trailers most of the time with portable restrooms and you know, that type of thing. And it was just, I think the whole community was, was unprepared. Right. And that, you know, that I think experiencing that and, and kind of, you know, the, the effects of, of what can happen when you are in a community that, you know, is just kind of run over by growth. Um, and, and, you know, I was always kind of interested in, in just local stuff and, so for me, it was really a matter of trying to find my my niche. And like many people, most people, let's be honest, <laughs> economic development was not on my brain. Oh, I didn't yeah. even know what the heck it was. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Like, I want to grow up one day and run Be the an EDC. economic developer. <laughs> it's like, you what? I still, when on, a, on you know, my applications for different stuff, you know, I'm like, it's job title. Economic executive director. What do I say? Yeah. I don't know. Like, you know, it's it's funny because it, it, what we do is so broad. Um, but yeah, I mean, most people don't know what it is. I didn't know what it was when I went off to college. I had no clue. Um, and my first year of college, I actually went to New York. So that experience of you know, kind of seeing West Coast, <laughs> East Coast, the yep. cultural differences and whatnot. I mean, never thought that I would have ended up in in the middle of the country in Texas, um, but I feel like this is where I was born to be. It's a, honestly not just because I live here, and I mean, we moved here into the city recently in the area the past decade, mm-hmm. um, but I moved here because I really do thoroughly enjoy the city and the people in it. We have such an awesome infrastructure here. Um, of course, improvements are needed everywhere. You know, no matter what city you visit, no matter how well prepared they are for growth or for um, development, anything, there's always things we can improve on. But for the most part, I would say the city of Tomball is doing extremely well currently. And uh, that was one thing that my wife and I landed on when we were looking for somewhere to live. It was like, we know we want out of Harris County, but if we're going to stay, we can settle with the city of Tomball and not settle on the city, but settle with remaining in the county. You know, we were definitely looking, we wanted to go like Montgomery County, Waller County, somewhere a little more country. But I do feel like Tomball with our unprecedented growth, you still have that small town feel. Yeah. It's and it's like such it's an amazing own little place. bubble. And, and yep. it's funny. It's, you know, I get asked that. What, what, how would you describe Tomball? What's the greatest thing about Tomball? And, you know, I mean, really, it is the people. But but there's this kind of in, intrinsic, in, I can't say the word, intrinsic, intrinsic um, just thing. Right. Whether it's a, whether there's a cultural thing, whether it's a, a value thing, 
it's here and you feel it when you come here. And even as an outsider, I mean, somebody from coming from Southern California where most people are like, whoa, how did you end up in Tomball, <laughs> Texas? Yeah. Um, it, you know, I mean, honestly, I really do feel like this. I've never felt at home until being here. I think there's somewhere in that L.A. region there's a sign that says you must move to Tomball, Texas, because I know of yeah. off the top of my head, counting you three transplants that were all high up in city government here um, from that area. So it, it's kind of strange. It's like, and very know, unrelated. A, it, I mean, I don't totally different. But I've been, yeah, yeah, I've been to California and now not the, not the County sides of California, but LA. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was, it was like walking to an entirely different country. Oh yeah. You know, it, it's just unreal. And not just because we are crazy and visited Skid Row, but, um, even in, you know, like Hollywood and all those surrounding areas, we went and saw an angels game and the cultural shock is, is so different, but you see the similarities between Houston and LA, but then it's just, I don't know how to explain it. There is just definitely a difference in culture. Yes. And, and you see it with New York City as well. Oh, We've yes. Been I mean, there and done anywhere, the same. Even, even other smaller towns. It's funny because I have friends that live in the woodlands. And when they come over and we meet for dinner or, you know, my, I, have, I have two daughters. They're, they're 13 and 16. And so, you know, a lot of times they're over or they're friends. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's funny to me now because I've been here so long that, you know, it's normal. But even my friends that, you know, live in the woodlands, they're like, how the kids here are so polite <laughs> and and I love hearing that you know I really do because you look at that generation and and they I think they get so much flack oh absolutely and still there's that you know there is that positive that that value that that cultural um you know inheritance if you will of what's important and how you know you treat people and I just I just love that about this community. I just do. I mean, it's funny because I've been here now 15 years working in Tomball. Right. And I never thought, you know, when I landed here that I would that I would stay this long. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not one to, to job hop, but really this it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't feel like a job. Right. You know, I mean, I, I, and I think that's the one thing I really do love about economic development is, you know, it kind of combines some of the stuff that I've done in my past with planning because I was um, the city planner and in Riverside after I graduated college, I was um, an associate planner there. So kind of that urban planning, the Sim City type of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that's really in my, in my background, but when you're a planner, a lot of times, you know, you're, you're either doing enforcement. So you're doing review of plans, you're doing, you know, de pre-development meetings and you're kind of going through the codes and this is what you can do and this is what you can't do. And it's always a challenge because, it, you know, you feel like the bad guy a lot of the time and it's a hard <laughs> position in the to be in. I mean, that, that community development department of the city, that's a, it's oh. a very challenging position to be in. Yep. And, um, the other side to planning is the long range planning. It's, you know, looking 20 years out. And that is where I really just love that field because, you know, you get to kind of envision beyond what's there now and what could be and how you make those things happen. Because, you know, road projects, drainage projects, infrastructure projects in general take a long 
time. I mean, the planning, the right-of-way acquisition, the design, all of that is years and years and years. And so things that, like right now that you're seeing that are occurring in Tomball, they are part of, you know, this effort that has been ongoing for many, many years. Um, And that's if there's no disagreement from a citizen or a council member or the mayor or, yeah, because, you know, you're right. There have been projects that pop up and I hear about it and then it's like, okay, well, three years later, they had that one meeting. Where did that project go? Why have we not heard anything? And it's, well, something delayed it. So now it's on the the back burner again, getting all this stuff squared away and then we'll be back at it shortly. Yeah. Now we've, we've kind of danced around by talking about these topics and let me preface this with, I had no idea So if you're listening right now and you're like, what are these people talking about? I've never heard of EDC. I've never heard of Economic Development Corporation until I came to work for the city. And really, my wife came to work for the city in the finance department, someone that y'all kind of work alongside to kind of, um, you know, accomplish some tasks with with both agencies, yours and the city. Um, I had no idea what an EDC was. You know, I had no clue. And then all of a sudden, after finding out what it was, when Andrew talked about bringing Beefy to uh, the city, I said, well, we have to go off of Quinn Road and stop in and talk to the EDC and the chamber. If yeah. you're going to bring Beefy to the city of Tomball, we can't leave this area and, and start making any business deals or location deals without talking to these people. So break it down like I'm an elementary school kid and tell me what is the economic development corporation? What do y'all do and why are all these things we've talked about so important in your mission? So I'm going to go just layman's terms because, you know, there's the, the international economic development council's definition of what economic development is and blah, blah, blah. Hands down. I would say it's making our communities awesome. It, it really, it, it's it's trying to improve the quality of life for the communities and the people that live there and work there and spend money there. And, and the basis of it essentially is bringing in employers. So what they consider primary employment, and that's a lot of your distribution, your industrial, your corporate headquarters, manufacturing type, you know, scientific research, lab mm-hmm. facilities, those types of things. And, and the idea is that's your base economy, right? So you, if you have good jobs, then in theory, and until we've seen, you know, the effects of workforce after COVID, um, but if in theory, if you have good jobs and good employment centers, then you can bring people there. Right. Once you bring people, you get rooftops. Once you get rooftops, then you get the secondary jobs and secondary benefits being the service and the retail. Right. And so it, to me, that's, that's the, that's the easiest way I can actually break down the, the idea of economic development. And so in there, and there's a lot of, there's, there's a, there's a, a wide variety of ways, um, different communities do economic development. It's, it's very dependent upon the community. And, and I think, you know, like economic development is at different levels. You've, you've got our level, which is local. You've got regional levels, which would be like greater Houston partnership. You've got the state's office of economic development and tourism. And then, you know, the U S has, you know, their economic development agency and, and all that. So you've got different levels. What I love is the local side because yeah. you really get to, for me, I'm combining that planning background of, you know, being able to kind of, you know, see what fits where and what makes the most sense and, and how all that works together. 
But instead of, you know, doing those plans and hoping that at some point it comes to fruition, you know, 20 years down the road in economic development, and, and, and I think partly because I do have the benefit of having the planning background, um, but in economic development, you get to see those things happen and not mm-hmm. only see it, but you get to help make it happen. And that is, to me, the coolest job that that anybody could have. I tell people I've got the best job in Tomball because it really, I really feel like I do. I love your analogy of like, it is like playing Sim City but live. You know, you're yeah. not the mayor, you're not council, but you're an integral part of building the forward movement, the progress that happens in the city. I mean, all of those pieces are equal. You right. know, we're not taking away, EDC doesn't. Um, take anything away from the mayor's office or council or city management or planning or zoning or you know any of that stuff. Right. But it's it's definitely a big piece. I mean, because what I know y'all for the most is what we've worked with you for at Beefy, and that's grants and money available to attract businesses, to yep. create jobs, to create other customers for those retail locations. And and you're right. I mean, I was just watching a, a documentary last night. I say last night, this morning when I finally went to bed, you know, um, and it was talking about a 1979 disaster that happened at a nuclear plant in, I think it was in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. is where it was. And um, that's exactly what they said was, and this resonates to me, is when the nuclear plant moved in, we thought, wow, this is so great. Over 200 new jobs are created. And you're right, without having those large companies and manufacturing plants and some of the scientific research places I've seen in the city, without having all of those jobs created, you don't have an interest to bring people in. And without people, you 100% can't have the retail side. You can't have the restaurants and and all of that stuff. Because just talking to my cousin who just opened a restaurant, you know, he's like, hey, if I'm going to move a location to Tomball, I want to know that there is good infrastructure there, not only homes, but I want people like from the hospital right. who are going to come to us on lunch break and from plants that are going to come to us on lunch break or students and faculty from Lone Star College or the high school or, right. you know, all of those things are important. So that just really popped out when you said that of how important the EDC is as a puzzle piece with all of those other pieces. And most of the time, you know, we're like the worker bees, you know, we're behind the scenes. I, you know, what, what we do is hopefully for the most part, not <laughs> political, right? So oh, yes. we, we, we try very hard to, to make sure that the projects that we work on are in line with our strategic work plan and in line with the, the, the council's comprehensive plan and their strategic plan. And so if you really look at, like, like you were saying, I mean, it's, just, it's everything has to work together and it is really a comprehensive effort. And I think that's one thing that Tom Ball has done so right over, you know, the past decade and a half. And, and that's been, you know, really, I think the, the, the impetus of that was finally, you know, kind of creating this let's, Let's envision our future, mm-hmm. you know, versus growth happening to us. Let's see what we can do if we plan for growth happening for us. Absolutely. And that's, I think, what, the, you know, what we were able to do with the comprehensive plan in 09, which was our first comp plan. And 
I, that that whole process was was phenomenal because it not only you know brought up ideas. It, I mean, that was where the farmers market idea really was was born. I didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. Um, you know, and and that we were able to kind of set the stage and the tone for this community to start really planning and controlling at least you know, where they wanted to go. Because before that, there weren't really the, the, the opportunities. You know, the zoning process and the planning process was, was fairly limited. I mean, you had the public hearings, but most of it was on plats and that type of thing. And there were no rezonings. There were no public hearings on, you know, board of adjustments or variance cases, those types mm. of things. And so that process, you know, kind of created this whole different culture um, and, and voice for the, for the community. And it just, it has been so cool to see that evolve, but it is, it's a comprehensive approach. And, you know, kind of what came out of that was, you know, okay, everybody, here's your part, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the city started, especially like with downtown, the city started, okay, let's work on marketing efforts. Let's hire, yes. you know, a marketing director. I mean, that was one piece of the puzzle. Let's get, um, you know, park public parking lots and, and identify, you know, some of these areas where we can, you know, capture, um, highest and best use, you know, and, and provide for parking and, and accessibility to these businesses. And, you know, things like the impact fee waivers that we did, you know, way back when I say we, cause I've been on the city side, right. EDC side, I kind of just lump it all together. Absolutely. Um, um, you know, and, and the, the waivers on, you know, parking for downtown. I mean, all those kinds of things were, were very clearly a comprehensive approach to encourage investment, encourage development, and to, to be able to see the fruits of that labor in, in really a pretty short amount of time. I mean, that has been, that has been a, that's been awesome. And then yeah. to work on projects like, the Baker Hughes Western Hemisphere Education Center and and landing a project like that where that was a mind blowing. Twenty twelve. Yeah. I mean, when we when we met with them, I mean that was when huge facility. Yeah, and and they were you know coming to us and we're like okay because Baker Hughes just took over BJ Services at that time and then right. that you know for us major employer and you think you know the example that you gave think about when that employer if that employer shuts down then you've got the other side of economic development which is the impact to the community how do you backfill that you know mm -hmm. what now what are the trends what are the is that technology that they were using is that um, industry even viable anymore and I think the the you know the smart economic developers are always looking in, in that direction, you know, always looking at what's next and how do we continue to not just grow, but, but have a balance, right? you know, and I think that's really the, the key is, is balance. And, and when balance gets out of whack in a community, because either you have, you know, too much growth of one industry and you don't have the balance in the capacity, like your infrastructure and whatnot to deal with it then things get out of whack. And so, yeah. you know, when you, when you have that, that balanced plan, which I feel like Tomball has done a, a really good job of, especially considering we were, you know, a hundred plus year old city that had developed without <laughs> zoning and planning and to be able to transform, you know, some of the areas and generate 
the projects that we have, like Baker Hughes, like the Love It deal with Macy's, which is, you know, 900,000 square feet. Yeah. Our business and technology park. I mean, putting in, in the infrastructure to set the stage for, you know, what was to come, even though we didn't have a future tenant. I mean, it's being able to take smart, calculated risks that are going to benefit the community. And, and I think the, the other side to that that I just love is, so for instance, a project that we're working on in, in Old Town. It's our South Live Oak development. And it's about seven acres. It's to the east of the railroad tracks. Um, there's two buildings there now. They're tilt wall buildings. And, um, you know, it was a, close to the railroad tracks, so mm-hmm. it made sense at the time. But as, as we, you know, continue to encourage reinvestment and redevelopment of downtown, an industrial use like that really is not super compatible for a downtown that area, area. Right. especially when you have access off of Main Street. And Main Street is, you know, the improvements are coming and, you know, you don't want those big trucks and all the oh, rocks. And yeah. So, you know, the idea of finding suitable locations and helping to um, facilitate those changes and those moves. But this South Live Oak project. So, you know, a developer could have bought that and and did a facelift and turned it into, you know, office space or, you know, retail space or whatever it may be. And, and you know, I think for the most part, they're, they're courteous and conscious of the community and being, you know, a good neighbor. Mm-hmm. The benefit that, that we have in what we get to do, and not all the economic development organizations are that way, but the benefit that we have in what we get to do is that we really get to look at and, and develop something that is going to be a long-lasting catalyst project that's going to have a huge benefit on the community. And we can design it not for what's going to generate the profit, but what's going to generate the lasting character. And, and that's just, I mean, that is such a fun thing to be a part of. I mean, you can tell I love my job, obviously. <laughs> um, but people have to because, you know, it, it's something, again, the, the very first question I had when I ever heard EDC was, what is it? You know, so we need someone that's passionate about it because we've got to get that word yeah. out there. And, and I assume that the EDC, besides government policies and, and what's already here, already been there before, is what attracts businesses to uh, most cities. But what is it about Tomball that makes it special that is somewhere that someone needs to come set up shop? Well, there's a a ton of things. Um, I mean, we talked about the character and the people. One of the unique things as far as EDCs, not all communities have EDCs. And EDCs are set up in different ways across the country, across the state. We're considering, and I'm just going to kind of break it down so Mm -hmm. people understand the structure um, so we're a nonprofit economic development corporation. We're considered kind of a component unit of the city because our funding is is through city sales tax. And how that came about is in 1994, um, this the there were several citizens that realized that other communities in Texas were taking advantage of this new economic development tax. It was part of the like 1979 Economic Development Act. And so communities started um, putting out to vote, you know, whether or not the the voters wanted or the residents wanted this economic development tax, which was okay. essentially a, you could do up to a half cent sales tax. Right. 
And those funds then could be used for infrastructure projects. So roads, sewer, you know, drainage, um, helping to attract new businesses, those types of things. When they started seeing that they, you know, communities were taking advantage, not not taking advantage, but they were utilizing that properly. Yes, and starting to see progress. And so um, there were some founding members, and I have one still on my board um, that that stepped up and was was very visionary and said, "Hey, I think we need to do that in Tomball." And so it ended up on the ballot and it got approved. So there is a half cent uh, sales tax that's added on to the city. And so you can only, you're, you got an eight and a quarter percent total. Um, six and a quarter goes to the state. 2% goes to the local municipality. So you're, you're capped at the 2%. We are um, a quarter of that. And then the city gets the other portion of it. And they do um, another half cent for property tax reduction. So when you get your property tax bill, if you look down, mm-hmm. you'll see property tax reduction. That's based on essentially like a subsidy of the sales tax going to help keep that property tax low. Um, so we are a very sales tax um, dependent community. Absolutely. That was something that uh, I know all of us felt during COVID because yeah. there was such a scare of well, with all these shutdowns and with everything that's happening, because we're so sales tax dependent, it's like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to literally cut back on everything. everything. Yeah. And I know from everything that I saw, we were extremely lucky in the way it was like, okay, all of the doomsday predictions that we should have had, everything was wrong and we're actually doing better. And so would you attribute that to all of the prep work that we've kind of put into it? Like how did we get through a pandemic and come out better ahead of time um, versus a lot of cities were already, um, I don't want to say wasting money. I'm not wasting money, but it seemed like they're so far behind yet the city of Tomball is such a great city financially with our budgeting and everything else. Mm -hmm. So how did, how did we survive that pandemic both on the EDC side and whatever, you know, from the city operation? I I really, I think it goes back to kind of the the spirit of this community and the connectedness. So if you look at kind of the, the structure of our community, right, you've got city council, you've got city government, you've Mm -hmm. got some of these major employers, and then you've got a very active chamber, you've got an economic development organization, you've got really, really um, strong educational partners. When all of those players are at the table and they work well together, yep. you have this synergy. And and I'll tell you, during the pandemic, during hurricanes, during whatever disaster it may be, we all have each other's phone numbers. And everybody's texting because it's, okay, hey, we just found out, you know, there's a family that has been displaced and they need somewhere and so, you know, I'm texting the mayor and the mayor's, you know, on the phone getting, you know, them situated. I mean, that's how things happen in Tomball. And I think, you know, part of that is a very, you know, concerted effort to make sure that we are all working together for that common goal. Because at the end of the day, we want our community to be, you know, a, a thriving, vibrant, sustainable community. And you, you see, you know, the, the flip side of that and you see that around us. I mean, there's a lot of communities around us that are, that are still doing well, but there's a lot of towns, especially smaller towns that, you know, the old towns have, or the, the downtowns have just kind of slowly 
you know, yep. lost, you know, tenant after tenant. And you go, oh, what a shame. The architecture is so pretty. Oh, I know. And you drive through there and, and it's the same thing. If you don't invest in your own community, how can you expect businesses to invest? How can you expect people to, you know, want to come and, and build their lives there? You right. know, and so I think, you know, it's, it goes back to that, the, the relationships that are, that are built here in Tomball. And that is really, I think what helped got, get us all through the pandemic, through, you know, the disasters that we've been through and, and, and really, you know, it, it creates this, this bond that at, you know, like the city leadership level, when I bring a prospect in that's from, let's say, an international prospect, it's so great to be able to have that personal connection. And, and it mm-hmm. means so much to them to, to, to meet the city manager, to meet the mayor, to, you know, have the president of the college in those meetings and to be accessible. And I think that more than anything is that connectedness and accessibility is one of the things that really sets Tomball apart from other communities. Yeah. Uh, going what you touched on there about that old town feel, you know, I've always enjoyed spring because it's like, you've got splash town and, you know, major dealerships and major restaurants and really cool stuff to do right off of 45. Yep. But then when you go right off of 45, you head into old town spring and there's always something cool going on there. And Tomball has a very similar feel to that where Old Town Tomball, you know, it's got that very Main Street, Americana, USA, Main mm-hmm. Street feel. And you've got the festivals that happen annually and all these big events that happen all the time. And then going back to the industrial park we talked about, you know, on the, the firefighter side, going into places and getting to do um, some of these inspections to see like what they're doing for fire safety and helping mm-hmm. us pre-plan on how we would attack a fire. If there was a fire in that facility, I've seen some of the really cool stuff y'all have going in over there on the business and technology side with, uh, some really cool chemical stuff and oil and petrol and, you know, all of these things that are going on yep. over there. So tell us more about like the future development for that, because I've seen a mixture between, um, you know, manufacturing plants and like food, I guess, manufacturing mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, and then Paradigm Brewery, this really cool brewery that you can go to and play cornhole and drink and eat and all this stuff. So just tell us a lot about that project and why it's so exciting for Tomball. I'm and, just curious myself, yeah, honestly. And it goes back to balance, right? You know, I think especially in the Houston region that, you know, in the eighties was so energy dependent and, and, you know, when you have an industry that's hit, it affects, especially in a, in a kind of a clustered area, mm-hmm. it affects those communities so hard. And so as a planner, as an economic developer, you know, the idea of sustainability and balance and, and you know, you don't want, you want to cluster your industries because that, that does create a synergy, right. but you, you need a balance of other industries so that as things change and as things, technology improves and, you know, other things become outdated you, you still have, you're not losing all of your tenants in your right. park or you're not, you know, not to interrupt, but we've seen that where, 
you know, you have this big oil boom and a gold rush of oil. Right. And then they go in, they create this whole town, this whole infrastructure and the city's built around oil. Yep. And then what happens when that well runs dry, you know, both literally and figuratively. Right. When the well well runs dry, now it's a ghost town. Exactly. Everybody left versus here. You're going to have more and not just Tomball. I mean, this is, you know, nationwide. Hopefully we've got a plan to that aspect. I mean, interrupt it just no, no, you know, that's immediately ex- that comes to yeah. me, ghost and, towns. And, you know, honestly, you think about it, it's funny because the, the, t- the term economic development, it sounds like so foreign, but it really is something that every, every individual experiences in, in your daily life. You know, I mean, you think about you go down main street and you see, Oh, there's a new business in, going in. I wonder what that is. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's, they've demoed so-and-so and I wonder what's going in there. I mean, it's, it's all of those kinds of things that, you know, are really a part of, of what we do. Um, but the business park is a perfect example. I mean, that's, you know, what we did back in 2011 was we, we bought the hundred acres and then we started the process of, you know, the environmental cleanup and design and, you know, planning for, um, you know, kind of a mix of uses. And it was a, it was a challenge, um, on many fronts at that point. Um, first and foremost with, with the board of directors, because I was a brand new executive director. I mean, my very, with all these ideas. yes, my very first meeting, um, I think I was hired at the end of February and my very first meeting was in May, I believe. And wow. so, you know, it was like, Hey, here I am. I'm going to pitch this. And I think we really need to do this. And by the way, we're not going to make any money on it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Yep. Um, and, and if you know, you know, kind of our, our makeup of the board, most of them are, are business owners. Most of them are very, you know, conscientious of, of, you know, spending and return. And so, um, you know, it was a, it was kind of a change in, in that, that way of thinking of, in the past, um, I think there was, you know, the, the mentality was we want to keep the taxes low. We want to, you know, keep our, our citizens happy and maintain what we've got. But when we started really looking at the future, you know, back in 2007 and eight, when we started kind of all these planning studies and working with our, uh, metropolitan planning organization, which is HGAC, and they started looking at the projections you know, it was very clear that it was coming our way. Mm. Um, and the Grand Parkway obviously expedited yeah. that tremendously. But for for us, the the timing and, and the idea of, of the park, you know, it was really, you know, planting that seed, knowing that we're not going to see those immediate fruits. It's going to be a while. And, you know, to to do something like that as a public kind of nonprofit organization, you know, it's risky. And, and when you don't have a tenant and you don't have, you know, a a layout, we wanted to keep it flexible because we didn't know where we're going to get, you know, a 50 acre user, where we going to get, you know, 10, five acre users. I mean, no clue. And so we really had to be flexible and maneuver. And I think that, um, has suited us very, very well in the park because we've been able to attract companies like Packers Plus, which is an oil and gas firm. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've got Suez, which is, I mean, they are a a state-of-the-art lab. It's an amazing, I've been all through that place. Isn't it fantastic? I mean, it's phenomenal. I hope a fire never happens there because they're, what they do is just, it's honestly beyond comprehension. Yeah. 
Like I, I can't even understand all the testing. They just sit there and tell us about it. And I'm like, I'm paying attention. And I'm trying to understand, mm -hmm. but it's like they're speaking a whole nother language. Yep. It's a really cool spot. It is. And you think about it, it's so cool because they can do any, I mean, they can test any kind of liquid and, you know, then you get the synergy of, of like Paradigm Brewery and it's like, hey, if you're, if you're needing to do any of your testing, you know, there's somebody in the park that can do it. And so then they're like, oh, well, we were going to use so-and-so, but they're yep. out of the city. And so let's do, you know, so creating connections, building relationships, um, you know, I think is key for us, but the park has been just, you know, kind of a, a um, a labor of love. It, right. it really has been. I what mean, a risky move for you too. Yeah. Not only just being new and coming in with such a, a proposal that, you know, like you said, a lot of business people would maybe look at and, and just look from a financial standpoint and say, Oh, we're not going to do a whole lot of movement in 10 years and right. it's going to take some time to get something. Um, but what if it didn't work out? Right. <laughs> you know, you're coming in with this idea and it's like, holy crap, this better work yeah. because this is my first idea the first couple of months. That's, that's crazy. But it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, it seems like it's been a huge success. Yeah. We're down to, we got one lot left. It's 18 acres and that's because we bought some property back from one of the, um, businesses that well, they they had a much larger plan and and because of the um, downturn, you know, they decided not to move forward with that. So we have one 18 acre track left. Um, we worked with the city to extend South Persimmon North mm -hmm. and Medical Complex. So that was another huge win. <sighs> yes. You know, getting that connectivity and and we've been so fortunate in this area to have the the investments in the roadways and the network that we have and i mean to be able to in a, in in a really relatively short amount of time see projects like the grand parkway and 249 yep i mean i'm sure growing up you you heard you know and saw the sign stop the grand parkway and whatnot oh yeah and and now i mean think about i i always chuckle when i'm on you know a toll road because you know as 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 you know, you, you kind of manage growth, you, you know that things like that have to occur. You've got to right. have capacity in your roads. You've got to have capacity in your infrastructure. And, you know, the cost of, of putting that in now is so exorbitant that you've got to be creative in funding mechanisms. And, yep. you know, when, when you see the gridlock on the feeder and I'm like, I'll take that toll any day. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, uh, it's funny. My wife and I were just going to uh, main event, another big yep. you know, company that came in and uh, we were headed to main event. And for some reason, when I took the left off of Holderreath road onto the feeder road of 249, I jumped on the tollway and she was like, you're really going to take the tollway for, and then she stopped. She's going to say for a yep. couple of exits and look down to the right and it was just gridlocked almost all the way back up to that on ramp. And she was like, Oh, never mind. All right, yep. you're good. You That's know, the interchange like, construction. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, I'll gladly pay that. Yeah. And you know, going going forward with that, I mean, it is kind of a necessary evil, you know, because you not that the roads are evil, but it's just not ideal. Mm -hmm. You know, we all love that small town feel and two lane roads and farm to market roads, but growing up in this area all my life and seeing back when 249 was just that, you know, and 290 yeah. was just that, just two separate two lane spots all the way from Houston to Tomball or Waller or, right. you know, wherever you were going, 
it almost sucks to see, you know, all of these concrete jungle highways going yeah. over, but you know, it has to happen because while we want to have that old town feel and I appreciate main street and I love it and cherish it. And I always want it to be that way. We know that around us, we have to have some progress too. Right. Cause if we don't, we're just going to die off. Yeah. You know, and instead of being a, a nice large city that has an old town feel, but progress, it would just be that, that old community that, I mean, where I grew up, you know, I kind of feel like that city is stuck a little bit, you know, and, and nothing, I don't want to bad mouth anybody, you know, leadership or anything there. I love that city and I love the people that are there. I grew up with them, mm-hmm. but they should be moved along more like Tomball by this point. And I am so happy to live here because of organizations just like you, just like our city. It truly does make it a really nice place to live. So how do we support the EDC? How do we get involved? If you can, both with the city of Tomball and because we do have nationwide listeners, Mm -hmm. um, how do they get involved in the planning and development in their city or their community? You know, and then specifically, what can we do to support the EDC here in Tomball as well? Yeah. So, I mean, for anybody that's interested in getting involved in in planning or, or community development within their community or want to know what's going on, really the, the, the first, you know, kind of information source is going to be the, the website. So if you're in a city, you know, go to your um, community development department website of the city. If you're in a county or an unincorporated area, um, then you'd want to go to the county and usually the counties have either an economic development, um, site or community development site. Um, you know, we're fortunate here in Tomball because we do have an economic development organization. The counties don't have, uh, the ability to, to have a funding source like we do for, um, economic development organizations. So, um, but if, if somebody is interested in getting involved here locally, I mean, there are so many different resources from the city app that, you know, was launched, I guess, last year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what we, with our organization, we meet every other month. So when I say we're kind of behind the scenes. Very behind the scenes. We, we are, because a lot yeah. of these projects take months and months. I mean, I've had projects take a couple of years to, to get done, but... Um, we are really connected and involved, you know, through events with the chamber, through events with the city. We support, you know, the shop local initiative. We help fund those types of things. We work with our, you know, local businesses. Um, one of the biggest things I think that, that people have taken advantage of and, and are still learning about, and it's hard to reach everybody, but our, our business improvement grant program, you know, the facade grants, the sign grants, the, um, property improvement grants. And now with, with old town having a, a separate facade improvement grant where if they're doing a substantial improvement to the exterior, they can also qualify for improvements for ADA accessibility, um, electrical plumbing, um, structural upgrades, those types of things, because downtown is just, it's a challenge. It's, it's a different animal than the rest of the city. Um, but our, our website, our Facebook page, our Instagram page, we're, we're active on all of those. Our website was just updated last year and I get compliments on that all the time. It's, it really is, is, is neat because what we did was we wanted to make sure that the, the pictures on there were all, 
true representations of Tomball. And so right. if you go on there, you're going to see, you know, people down the street that you know that, you know, mm-hmm. are, are working in different shops. And then we have success stories on there. So different businesses that had different challenges, either through COVID or, you know, prior or after. So we've identified them and, and different success stories. Um, as far as what we offer, you know, the grants and the incentives are one part of it. I think more than anything, the businesses, when they work with us, you know, they have, they have a guide, right? They have, they have somebody to help kind of get them through because a lot of business owners, especially, you know, startups, entrepreneurs, you know, you have this great idea, you've, you've worked it out to the best of your ability, but then all of a sudden it's a whole nother task of going through the process of creating, you know, your physical space. And that's an area where most people are, are so overwhelmed. <laughs> I can imagine. And, and so, you know, helping through that development process, helping, you know, through the relocation process, helping them through the expansion process, that is a huge part of, of what we do. Um, and so, you know, for, for companies that are interested in, you know, what opportunities are there, you know, it, it's, I think economic development, because of there's a connotation like, oh, it's got to be this big project. It's got to be the Macy's, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we work, our grants, our projects, our um, businesses are all sizes. I mean, we do grants that are, you know, a couple hundred dollars, a couple thousand dollars, depending upon what it is between a rental uh, incentive, um, you know, to go into a vacant space, between the improvement grants, um, you know, our, our project grants. I mean, there's pretty much something for everybody in there if they're wanting to improve, you know, their business or expand their business. So that's a that's an added benefit of, of being in Tomball because we are a small community. Most economic development organizations, when you have the, the size of kind of trade area that we have. Right. Most economic development organizations don't have that ability to do some of the things that we can do, like the retail, the quality of life projects. Once you get to, say, 20,000 population, that goes away, and then it becomes more um, your your primary jobs. And so we have that unique advantage in Tomball of being able to really be um, a driver of economic development but do some community development-type activities too. Yeah, it's uh... – my old philosophy is basically, I'm going to make you tell me no, you know? So as a business owner, when you come into the city, I think that you should absolutely approach all of those organizations and say, Hey, what can you do for me? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then the answer is no. But if you never asked, the answer is no. Right. You know? So it's right. like, like you said, you may think as a business owner, Oh, you know what? This is, they're not going to want to talk to me, but I mean, we got a new sign and it was through help with the EDC mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's not, it's not free handouts. It's not free candy, but it's definitely incentives for you to do those improvements. Right. And, and a company like us, you wouldn't think, you know, like you said, we're walking in with six, seven full-time employees and then, you know, contractors, we're not a 200 job, right. huge company that's bringing a big industry here. We're just a little marketing agency, you know, a boutique agency that's got some great clients, but mm-hmm. we're not a huge multi-million dollar company yet, you know, mm-hmm. and y'all were willing to step in and help and the money's there. You got to ask. Right. You know? 
Right. So absolutely, and 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 you know, beyond that, I mean, that gives you a sense as a business that you're welcome in this community. Absolutely. And and I think that you know, even if the grant is a small grant, you leave with a sense of we've we've got support here. Yep. You know, and and that's you don't find that in in every community. I mean, like I said, yeah. we, we've we've got that kind of special advantage of being able to work with such a broad range of projects, and that's what makes my job so so incredibly awesome. Yeah, I mean, you hear about like the the huge tax incentives and tax breaks that large corporations get because of the impact they're going to have, but as a small business owner, it's so easy to feel like you know you're just you're just another, mm-hmm. another person or another business. And it's like, yeah, you don't have a big impact. We don't care about you, right. but somewhere like Tomball and hopefully in another city with a great EDC or something, you know, similar to that, hopefully they have that feel too, where it's like, no, every single business here has a part in what goes on here. I mean, right. we get invited to meetings with the chamber, the EDC, the city, to where it's like, no, we're going to meet as a governmental agency. We're going to meet with these business owners and see what we can do to help them and help our citizens. It's not just we're citizens too, even if we don't live here. Right. We're still citizens Monday through Friday, eight to five, or whenever our business is open. It's just we're here to conduct business. Right. So well, and you're a stakeholder. I mean, and, and that's a be- the best you know, way to put it. Uh, the reality is, you've got stakeholders that whether they live here, work here, you know. People that come here that, you know, spend money in our shops. I mean, they're stakeholders. And, and part of part of that whole kind of community development process really is getting to know what your stakeholders want and what they don't want. And I think that's really important for all planners, economic developers, you know, those that work in city government is really understand and, and be flexible with your community. And I think... You know, Tomball has done a fantastic job of that and being not just reactive to events, but really taking charge of what we what we want and what we could be and how to get there in a realistic manner. Absolutely. Well, I think I know I've learned a lot today and I hope that the listeners have learned a lot today about uh, who y'all are and what y'all do. Is there anything else you want to share? Anything else you need to, to um, get out there into the world? Uh, yeah, I do. I do want to mention. So we are working with um, the city and our partners on um, upgrades to three alleys in downtown. And we met this morning with our landscape architect, and we got to see the renderings. And you know, it's funny. You think of alleyways as like just these dirty, you, you know, kind of <laughs> utilitarian roads that that don't really serve any purpose. And the idea of um, kind of going back to, you know, the vision and, and, and seeing things um, for what they could be and kind of taking advantage of that, the, the revitalization of these alleys into more pedestrian-friendly environments mm-hmm. um, will help encourage businesses that want to open up, you know, maybe access to the back and have, you know, space out there. The design of them is absolutely amazing I love it and it's realistic it's not this pie in the sky you know super lofty expensive design it's it's realistic and it's um it's tomball and I think the I think the community is going to be really excited when we get to you know finally unveil kind of the 
the the pretty part of the plan. You know, we've been working on the engineering and the engineering right. is all, you know, nobody thinks that's sexy or fun. It's like, okay, you've got a plan and a profile. What does that mean? <laughs> but when you get to show, you know, the the reality um, through images of, of what things could be, that's when you start seeing people's minds, you know, um, you know, click on and they start going, Oh, I never looked at that that way. We could do that over here. And so really I think it's, it's a matter of, um, with these alleyways changing, maybe the, the mindset of what they could be used for, because we look at them as an economic opportunity. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. And thanks for telling us about you and being on the show today. I really, I can't thank you enough. Um, we love getting to know people who impact businesses, business owners, all that kind of stuff. So it truly was a pleasure to have you on the show today. And I just can't thank you enough for stopping by. It's been awesome to be here. Thank you. Listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Beef. As always, every single week, I'm your host, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram. Uh, and YouTube subscribers, those that are watching us on YouTube right now, thank you for not only tuning in, but watching this as well. We can't thank y'all enough. If you've got somebody that needs to be on the show, whether it's a business owner, uh, or somebody who affects businesses like the EDC or the city or a surrounding County, it doesn't matter if you're in California, if you're in New York, or if you're in Texas, we want to have you on the show. So please continue to like, rate, subscribe, all that stuff for us. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Share us with your friends and family. We'd love to have more listeners, but of course, refer anyone that you want to hear on the show to tell their story. We'd love to feature them. So that's it. That's another week, another episode. I'm out of here. You've been listening to the Beef Podcast, sponsored by Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more small business stories, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. To share your story, visit us at beefymarketing.com. Till next time, thanks for listening to the Beef Podcast.